right. Good morning, LifeBridge. This is LifeBridge Online. I'm Pastor Chris. And I just want to start off by saying I hope you enjoyed that video. And happy Mother's Day to all you out in lockdown land. I know this is frustrating. I know uh, you're, you're homeschooling some of you for the first time. The kids are there. Dad may be working at home as well. And so moms, we just want you to know we love moms and God loves moms and of course he does because he invented motherhood so let's get engaged this morning and just type in the comments we love moms we love moms you might even do a shout out to your own mom in the comments so uh, also while you're doing that take a moment to share this teaching with your Facebook friends let's get the good news out. Share, 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 and it expands the teaching of God's Word. And if this is your first time uh, joining us or watching, or you have a specific prayer request this morning, or you want help with next steps, fill out the connection card in the comments. So, glad you're here. Settle in. Uh, Let's pray that God will just take away the distractions and the disruptions and let's get in to God's word let's pray father we come and on this mother's day we thank you for the grace that you give to us through the Lord Jesus Christ we pray for moms this morning that during this pandemic they can have a lot of frustration a lot of just tiredness and and just wanting this to be over. And I pray, Lord, that this message on how you have made our satisfaction sure and secure would especially minister to them, but also to all of us, Lord. No matter where we are, we can find true life-sustaining satisfaction in you. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, We're in a study of the gospel according to Isaiah. And we've been looking at Isaiah 53, but for the last two weeks, we have been looking at chapters 54 and 55 that follow Isaiah 53. And these chapters help us answer the question, how should we respond to the gospel according to Isaiah as revealed in Isaiah 53. And we've been saying the answer is real simple. Shout for joy and share the news. Shout for joy, chapter 54, share the news, chapter 55. So again, maybe you want to put in the comments there, shout for joy, just type that out. Shout for joy, share the news. Now, last week we dived in to Isaiah 55, 1 through 3. And if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, you might want to turn there with me, Isaiah 55, 1 through 3. And we saw there that the news we're to share is that the Lord has invited everyone to an abundant feast, and the good news gets better. It's free. It's free. So look in your Bibles. Notice what it says, chapter 55, verse 1. Hey, listen, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come and buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend your money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen 
carefully to me. The Lord is speaking through Isaiah. And eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. And then we saw the first part of verse 3 really strips away the word pictures. And the Lord just makes it plain as could be. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. And so what we see here is that the Lord is giving us an invitation to find life-sustaining, soul-satisfying satisfaction in the Lord Himself. And so on this Mother's Day, I just want to speak directly to you moms and just say this. Moms, I realize that in this pandemic, you might be frustrated and, and, and life is draining out of you, literally. And you're not finding that satisfaction in motherhood. And I just want to tell you that according to this passage, that's okay. Because ultimately, motherhood is not where you will find your satisfaction. It's in the Lord, even in the midst of a pandemic. And maybe there's some of you out there who wish you could be a mom, but you aren't a mom And that's okay. It's a heavy burden to bear. Believe me, it's a heavy burden. But the reality is this. You don't have to be a mom to find lasting satisfaction in life. And then maybe you're out there this morning and you're like, I don't even know who my mom is. Or my mom wasn't easy to live with. She wasn't easy to love. In fact, my mom was downright abusive. Well, you know what? Your past Your parents, your mother, your father, anyone, in fact, cannot prevent you from finding satisfaction because that satisfaction comes in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. And so, you know, it's really cool. We studied Isaiah 54, and and it says there that the gospel of Jesus Christ can make the barren woman have more children than a woman with children. We saw in Isaiah 54 that a a single mom who maybe has been abandoned, rejected, or divorced can actually find in the Lord Jesus himself a loving, loyal husband to help you through these hard times. And so there is a message for you here this morning, moms. But here's the thing. Whether you're a mom or any of us, you have to come to the Lord and feast on him to find satisfaction. But maybe this morning you're like, okay, I've been tracking with you. I've been watching these lessons and I've been following you, but I'm still not sure. I'm still not sure. And maybe you're asking this question. How can we be sure the Lord will satisfy us? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. Maybe you are weary and of broken promises this morning. Maybe you're fed up with empty pursuits that don't satisfy. Well, here's the good news. God promises you satisfaction, and he says, I guarantee it. I don't know if you ever watch men's warehouse commercials. The Lord is saying, you're going to find satisfaction, and I guarantee it. And we find this in Isaiah 55 in verse... Three in the middle of verse 3. And literally, we're going to study not even one verse this morning. We're going to study a half a verse. So look with me, Isaiah 55, verse 3. And here's what we're going to study. Let's begin at the beginning. Incline your ear and come to me. 
Listen that you may live. There's the promise of life-sustaining soul satisfaction. But then he says this, And I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies shown to David. So just that part, I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies shown to David. And I want to show you this morning that there's two reasons in that short section of this verse, two reasons why God guarantees that satisfaction can be found in him. The Lord is sure to satisfy your soul for two reasons. Let's look at the first reason. And it's this. Because the blessings of the new covenant are made sure by the blood of the Lamb. Because the blessings of the new covenant are made sure by the blood of the Lamb. That's what that first sentence means when he says, I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Now, this, even though it's a short verse, in a short section of verse, there's a lot of options in translations, and you'll see these different options in your English Bibles. And so the first question we need to ask is this, what is the everlasting covenant? What is the everlasting covenant? And there's basically two answers or two options to that, and they're found in your English Bibles. The first option is this, the everlasting covenant is the Davidic covenant that is immediately mentioned. The Davidic covenant, because it says, I will make an everlasting covenant with you. And the NIV says, I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. In other words, in grammar, it's appositional. The everlasting covenant is the covenant with David. The New King James does the same thing. In fact, it says, I will make an everlasting covenant with you, dash, the sure mercies of David. In other words, this is the eternal covenant or the everlasting covenant. But there's a second option, and it's found in some other Bibles, New American Standard, the Net Bible, the Christian Standard Bible, and it's this. The everlasting covenant, option number two is the new covenant that has already been mentioned in Isaiah 54. It's the new covenant. And so if you look at the translation, I have them there on the screen, but also in your notes, if you downloaded the notes, the New American Standard says, I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies of David. In other words, it's measured by the Davidic covenant. The Net Bible says, I will make an unconditional covenantal promise with you just like the reliable covenantal promises. In other words, it's not the Davidic covenant, but it's compared to the Davidic covenant. And then finally, and I think most accurately, the Christian Standard Bible says, I will make a permanent covenant with you on the basis of the faithful kindnesses of David. And so turn your Bibles back to Isaiah 54. And I just want to show you that in 54.10, actually 8 through 10, and actually the whole chapter, David is, or uh, Isaiah is talking about the new covenant blessings. And in Isaiah 54.8, he says, 
Uh, In an outburst of anger, the Lord says, I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting loving kindness, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. And then he compares this everlasting eternal covenant to the covenant with Noah. And then he says in verse 10, for the mountains may be moved, removed and the hills may shake, but my loving kindness, my covenant loyalty, my covenant promises will not be removed for you and my covenant of peace will not be shaken. And so I wish I had time to show you this more in depth, but I have it in your notes. Here's what I want you to see, that when you look at the three major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel, they all compare the everlasting covenant to the covenant of peace, and they say that that covenant is the new covenant. And so I can't take you through all these passages, uh, but if you would want to know more about the new covenant, I encourage you to read these passages. And I think when you do, you're going to see that the everlasting covenant is not the Davidic covenant. It's the new covenant. Now, maybe at this point you're saying, so what's the big deal? Why should I care about this? Well, here's the big deal. Look back at chapter 55, verse 3. The Lord says, come, feast to me on me. Come to me and you will live. But then he adds, and, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, the new covenant. You say again, what's the big deal? The big deal is this, the new covenant has amazing blessings that come with it. And here's the deal. The new covenant is promised to be made with Israel. But already here in Isaiah 55, this general invitation that goes out to all peoples, the Lord is saying, come to me and you can get in on the amazing blessings of the new covenant. Now, if we had time, I'd take you through Jeremiah 31, verses 31 through 38. We'd read together Ezekiel 21 through 28. And I really encourage you to see in Scripture what these amazing blessings are. But due to our time, let me just give you a summary of what I think are the five biggest eternal blessings of the new covenant. Are you ready? Here they are. First of all, the new covenant blesses us with a new start. Say, what do you mean by a new start? It promises that our sins will be forgiven fully and finally. You see, in the Old Testament, you could receive forgiveness, but you constantly had to sacrifice the blood of an animal and continually do that. And you were never really fully and finally forgiven. But once Isaiah 53 was fulfilled, once the Lamb of God became the substitutionary sacrifice for our sins, then the new covenant was able to kick in and we were able to have a new start where our sins were fully and finally forgiven. Number two, the reason that we can have that new start is because the new covenant gives us a new heart. What do I mean? a spiritual change from the inside out. You see, on the old covenant, you had to obey. 
You didn't have a heart yielded. The law was written on the tablets of the stone given to Moses. But now in the new covenant, God's law will be written on our hearts and we'll have a heart yielded to follow and obey the Lord. And so a new start with a new heart. And that happens through a new spirit. The Holy Spirit will permanently indwell our hearts and our lives. And that's radical. We don't have to go to one specific place. Though we're to gather as a church in this age, it's still the reality is the Holy Spirit, if you're a believer, is in you. And everywhere we go, even in a pandemic, even in a lockdown, the Lord is with us. And so we have a new start with a new heart by a new spirit for a new kingdom. The fourth blessing through the new covenant is that Israel and Judah, who had been taken into captivity, would come back regathered, reunited, reestablished permanently in the land with a son of David ruling over them eternally. And the nations would stream into the kingdom. Those are all promises that even we who are Gentiles can get in on the kingdom blessings of the new covenant. And then finally, the new creation. The new covenant promises us a new start with a new heart by a new spirit for a new kingdom in a new creation where curse is reversed, where sin is no more, the devil is defeated, disease and death are no more, and God dwells in the midst of his people. You see, everything promised from the beginning of creation will be renewed in the new heavens and the new earth. In fact, in Ezekiel 36, talking about the new covenant, uh, God says this, They will say the desolate land will become like the Garden of Eden. Now, I just want you to stop. Stop and think about this. The Lord in Isaiah 55 is inviting you to feast on Him. But on top of that, He will make a new covenant with you or, or probably better translated for you. He will make a new covenant for you and you will get in on all these amazing blessings and they are sure to satisfy. You say, Chris, why are these blessings sure to satisfy? Well, let me just give you three reasons briefly, and they're this. First of all, this is what will most satisfy us. These blessings of a new start with a new heart, okay, by a new spirit in the presence of God, in His kingdom, in His new creation, this is what we were created for. This is what you're longing for. This because the world isn't this way, is why you're frustrated, why you're worn out. This is what you were created for. This is what will most satisfy you. Secondly, this is what glorifies God the most. This is what most glorifies God. Fulfilling His purposes in order to make His people created in His image full of joy in Him. Because God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. 
And a third reason why these are sure to satisfy is this is what the suffering servant purchased with his own blood. This everlasting covenant, this new covenant, is a result of Isaiah 53, the Lamb of God who gave his life for the sins of the world, who gave himself as a perfect substitute for our sins. We know this is the fact because in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-five, Jesus said this when he instituted the Lord's Supper. He said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Think about it. When we as Christians take the Lord's Supper and we look at the, the, the symbol of that juice, we are to remember these amazing blessings that He has paid for. Listen, your satisfaction is sure, without a doubt, because it doesn't depend on you. It's been paid in full by the Lamb of God. That is an amazing, amazing truth. Now, that's the first reason why you can be sure satisfaction is guaranteed. Because these new covenant blessings have been made sure by the blood of the Lamb of God. But there's a second reason. And it's in the second part of the, the verse we're looking at. And the second reason is this. Because the blessings of the new covenant are not only made sure by the blood of the Lamb, but they're made secure by the obedience of David. That's what the second half of this verse means. And I think the Christian Standard Bible translates the Hebrew in the most clear and accurate way. And here's what it says. I will make a permanent covenant with you on the basis of the faithful kindnesses of David. So the new covenant doesn't depend on our obedience. It depends on the obedience of a coming David. Now, let's look at this. Whose covenant loyalty is the basis for the new covenant? The Lord or David? If you have your different Bibles, again, we have a translation option that we need to decide. And it determines how we understand this verse. Option one is to understand the reference to David's covenant, the acts of covenant faithfulness shown to David by the Lord. In other words, this phrase is referring to God's loving covenant loyalty shown to David in the past. The New American Standard takes this approach when it says, I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies shown to David. By who? By the Lord. But option two is reflected in the Christian Standard Bible. And it says this, the acts of covenant faithfulness are shown by David to the Lord. And that becomes the basis of the new covenant. And I, I, I think that the Christian Standard Bible captures that very well when it says, I will make a permanent covenant with you on the basis of the faithful kindnesses of David. David is the one being loyal. 
David is the one showing faithful covenant obedience to the Lord. And so when we ask the question, whose covenant loyalty is the basis for the new covenant, it's kind of a trick question because the answer is both the Lord being loyal to historical David, but also a future perfect David who will be sinless and perfectly obey the Lord and thus become the new covenant mediator and the one through whom all the amazing blessings of the new covenant will come. And we see this in the new covenant. So uh, turn with me to 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 7, and we will take the time to read this passage because this is the Davidic covenant, okay? And I want you to see how it's bracketed by God's covenant loyalty, but in the middle, those blessings do depend on a son of David who will show covenant loyalty. So let's look at it. Second, chap, uh, Second Samuel chapter 7, and let's begin in verse 8. Second Samuel chapter 7, and let's begin in verse 8. Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Oh, my servant, the suffering servant. We, we know a lot about him in Isaiah. My servant David, thus says the Lord of the host, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, uh, to be a ruler over my people. David was God's chosen king. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you, and, and, I will make your name great like the names of the great men who are on the earth. There were two other great men who had great names, and those are Moses, Abraham, and Moses. And now David is going to be a covenant mediator like Abraham was with the Abrahamic covenant, like Moses was with the Mosaic covenant. And he goes on, he says, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them. So part of the Davidic covenant is Israel returning and being planted in the land, the promised land, that they may live in their own place and not be disturbed again, nor will the wicked afflict them any more as formerly. That has never yet been fulfilled. Even from that day, I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. But then he says this, in the future, Verse 11, he switches to the future and he says, The Lord also declares to you that the Lord will make a house for you. When your days are complete, you will lie down with your fathers, but I will raise up your descendant, or literally your seed. The seed of the woman, the seed of Abraham, is now the seed of David after you, who will come forth from you, and I will establish his kingdom. So it's a promise of a, of a dynasty and descendants who will reign and rule with dominion over all the earth. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. That descendant is Solomon. But notice, there's more descendants. Verse 14, I will be a father to him and he will be a son to me. When he commits iniquity, 
I will correct him with the rod of men and the strokes of the son of men, sons of men. So many of David's descendants will be fallen human people who will sin and won't be an obedient son. And the father, out of his covenant loyalty, will discipline them. But they're going to be imperfect and they're going to fail and their kingdoms will fall. But, verse 15, My loving kindness shall not depart from him, as I took it away from Saul, whom I removed before you. Your house, your kingdom, shall endure before me forever. Your throne shall be established forever. Now, what does that mean? That means simply this. There needs to be a son of David, a seed of David, who will be a sinless person, and reign with perfect obedience so that the fulfillment of the Davidic covenant and an eternal kingdom will be established by the grace of God. Instead of being disciplined with the rod of other nations, this sinless son of David will be so obedient, so loyal, so faithful that he will rule the nations with a rod of iron. Psalm 2, book of Revelation. So what do I think is going on here? I think what God is saying is, look, I have made sure the blessings of the new covenant by the blood of the Lamb. But I have secured the blessings of the Davidic covenant by an obedient son of David. And through that son of David, who will become the Lamb of God, and it takes away the sins of the world, then the blessings of the new covenant will come to pass. And so here's what I think. I think the two beholds, look at verses 4 and 5 in your Bibles. God says, behold, and we know that's a time when God does something miraculous and powerful and divine. Behold, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Who? This perfectly sinless, obedient, future son of David. And then, behold, you will call a nation you do not know. That is, a non-Israelite nation. And a nation which knows you not will run to you. Why? Because the Lord your God, even the Holy One of Israel, has glorified you has highly exalted you. And if you've been with us in this study, you see this connection that the suffering servant would be humiliated and offer his life, die, crucified, risen, exalted to the highest place. This is the son of David that is predicted in Isaiah 7, Isaiah 9, Isaiah, uh, I'm sorry, Isaiah 7, 9 and 11. He is the suffering servant. It's on the basis of a sinless son of David who offers himself up as the Lamb of God that the blessings, the amazing blessings of the new covenant are made sure and secure. Your soul satisfaction is guaranteed in the bleeding lamb and the roaring lion of Judah. That's the idea here. So what are, what are the acts of covenant loyalty shown by the coming son of David? 
Well, it's his entire life. From the, and we know from the New Testament, it's from his incarnation, Isaiah 7. It's, it's from him as a child who will be the government on his shoulders, Isaiah 9. He will be the one that fulfills Isaiah 11. He's the one who, at his birth, the angels sang, There's born this day in the city of David a king, a redeemer, Christ the king. Wow. So what's the idea here? The idea is that Jesus is the Son of God. And you say, well, what are the acts of faithfulness? Well, according to Deuteronomy 17, a king chosen by God needed to copy the law of God by his own hand so that he could read it all his life in order to learn it so he could live and lead in the fear of the Lord. Well, if you know anything about the history of Israel, it's a tragic story of the sons of David ruling, not in obedience to God, but ultimately through adultery, through idolatry, even into apostasy. Until there came one who was not only man, but God, born of a virgin, and who was sinless, and lived a fully obedient life, and then offered that life up and became obedient even to the point of death, Philippians 2 says. Death on a cross. And because he was that obedient son of David, perfectly, sinlessly, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess, that Jesus is Lord and Christ and King. Oh, what a glory that we have in Him. And so here's what I want to give you this morning. I want you to see that satisfaction has been guaranteed. Why? Because the sovereign Savior, the Son of David, is the suffering servant. The Lion of Judah has become and is the Lamb of God who made your soul-satisfying salvation both sure and secure. Now, here's an invitation that I want to end with this morning. I want to end with this. Here is an invitation that is too sure to ever doubt. Too sure to ever doubt. And here's the invitation. Come To the Son of David, who is the Lamb of God, who has made your soul-satisfying salvation sure and it's secure. Moms, that means when you're frustrated, you can still find satisfaction in Him. Dads, when you're frustrated, you can still find satisfaction in Him. Students... When school isn't going well, you missed out on your senior year. It's struggle to study at home. Single moms, you're working, you're managing the home, you're helping with homeschooling. When all of this is happening in the midst of this pandemic and you feel insufficient and your self-sufficiency is at a breaking point, step back. And realize 
that the Lamb of God has made sure you can have satisfaction in Him. And the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the obedient son of David, has fulfilled all obedience. And so your salvation and your satisfaction is, is secure. Now here at LifeBridge, we uh, disciple people in a basic lesson. And the first three lessons of our discipleship is that your salvation, you, you can know that you're saved and secure and sure. And that's a great foundational truth. But I fear sometimes that we as Christians forget that in the rest of our Christian life, we can find satisfaction in our salvation that is equally secure and sure because it's been made possible by the Lord Jesus Christ. So in this invitation that is too sure to doubt, I want to challenge you with two things, and we'll end with these. The first is, be confident in the Lord. Be confident in the Lord. He will surely satisfy you. Cling to Him. Call to Him. Come to Him. Be confident in Him. You may be insufficient. Insufficient. We all are. That's okay. But you will find your sufficiency and your satisfaction in Him. Second of all, I want to challenge you to be dependent on the Lord because He will give you His obedience. He will give you His righteousness. And so these truths are an amazing truth. And I just want to end with reading Hebrews 9.15, which shows that our confidence is in Him. Listen to Hebrews 9.15. For this reason He, Jesus Christ, is the mediator of a new covenant. So that since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant, those who have been called, he's calling the nations, those who have been called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance, all the blessings of the new covenant. Satisfaction made sure. But then Hebrews 13.20, we'll end with this. Hebrews 13.20 says this, Now the God of peace, remember it's a covenant of peace. Now the God of peace, who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, the new covenant, even Jesus, our Lord, our King, equip you in every good thing, to do His will. He will secure your obedience. Working in us through our new heart in the new spirit of the new covenant. Working in us that which is pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ. To whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Can you just type in there? Amen and amen. Glory to God and His Son, the Lamb of God, the obedient Son of David. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come and we are thankful that there's so much packed into Your redemptive story. You work through the covenants, the covenant of Noah, the covenant of Abraham, the covenant of Moses, the covenant of David, and ultimately the new covenant 
in the blood of your son. Lord, our satisfaction doesn't depend on us. It doesn't depend on circumstances. It doesn't depend on being a perfect mom. It doesn't depend on having children or not having children. It doesn't depend on having great moms and great dads. It depends on feasting and feeding on you. And I pray that this message, though deep in its theological uh, scope, it covers all of history, that it would penetrate hearts with the hope of the gospel and the blessings of the new covenant. It's in the name of your risen son, King Jesus, that we pray these things. Amen. Moms, have a great Mother's Day, and we'll see you here same time, same place, Lord willing. See you next week.